I bet you're used to me saying, hey, everybody, by now, because I think I say it on all of the shows that I do. You got to change it up. Yeah, I should change it up. Hold up. Uh, um, what? I don't even know how to change it up. Let's try this. Uh, what's up, Bitcoiners and Bitcoinettes? How you guys doing out there? And how you, you cryptocurrency fanatics? Oh, you guys, welcome to another show. Um, the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Ooh, doggy. This is, uh, <laughs> just the, this is just the headers coming at you with another week of cryptocurrency headlines. Yeah. And uh, today it's D and B. Also known <laughs> as Jesse Broke. How's it going, Jesse? Hey, what's up? It's going, you know, if it if it's DNB, like the first thing that comes to mind is like drum and bass. Drum Have you ever heard bass? that genre of music? Yeah, that's a genre of music, drum and bass. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's leaving a lot to the imagination with just those two instruments. <laughs> it's a <little> percussion. <laughs> yeah, where's the brass? Uh, that means there's probably genres of music out there that are like. Trumpet and flute. And <laughs> clarinet and xylophone. It's my favorite genre. Mm. Well, have we got an exciting week for you today. So 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 yeah, I guess for the for the criticism we received in Slack how we were kind of taking this show and kind of putting too much of our own flavor into it, maybe, and deviating from the news. Um, one thing, um, when I was compiling the news for the headers, the headlines that we we're going to go through this week, I wanted to put a little bit more focus on actually decent headlines that we're going to read and maybe look at things more critically just to give you guys, you know, after a couple of weeks of us kind of, um, I guess giving you a, a taste of who we are and what our personalities are like, or I guess we can, we can dig a little bit more into the news and give you maybe the news first and a little bit harder than uh, just, um, I guess, giving our spiel about uh, going off on tangents on topics and stuff like that, I guess. Okay. We can try that. We, we got to give the people a little bit more toward what they want, maybe. Okay, let's try. So for, without further ado, I'd like to talk about the royal wedding. <laughs> uh, no, okay. That would be fucked up. That would be messed up. Um, so first article. Can I go? Can I go for this? Yeah, go for it. That's big news. This is May 19th. This was a biggie. Not a smallie. The former UK visa CEO takes former UK VCO C, 
former UK Visa CEO takes the helm of a crypto consumer payment startup. Um, so let's read a little bit of it. The former head of Visa in the UK and Ireland has joined a startup bringing crypto to consumer payments. Business Insider NL reports. Mark O'Brien, who worked for Visa between 2008 and 2014, that's a solid six years, uh, has recently joined crypto consumer payment startup Cryptarium, which aims to make it possible to spend crypto in everyday situations. Ooh, this is good. What do you think? Um, I want to hear your thoughts, and then I'm going to give my thoughts. I think that's pretty cool. I just I, I, I would have thought that he would have worked for a bigger name than a startup called Cryptarium. I feel like everybody's in the space. Right now in the space, everybody's trying to create that um, um, consumer payments um, transaction level, like, you know, basically your visa, but for crypto and have like a more stable version of that. There's also like a new product, um, Cool Wallet. I don't know if you heard about that, but it's trying to make itself be as thin as a credit card, or like yeah, not maybe maybe not as thin as a credit card, but that same rectangular form factor, but be similar to um, like a ledger or a Trezor, and um, give you the functionality of a credit card and um, the functionality of you know a, a Trezor combined into one device. So that might be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I think there was a hardware wallet. We interviewed a woman who made a hardware wallet a couple of years ago, and it was basically like the size of half of a Kindle. Oh, it was okay. really small, and it, it was really easy to use. However, I think it was a bit ahead of its time. Hmm. Um. I think you're right. It's kind of weird that he's going to work such a small startup. From you go from working for Visa, CEO of Visa in the UK, to some small startup, Cryptarium. What does Cryptarium know that we don't know? That's what I want to know. Maybe they uh, just bribed him. They gave him like um, more than a million dollar signing bonus. Maybe they gave him a few million. That's probably it. And some and some equity. Man. All right, let's look at this quote. The idea is that cryptocurrency is actually quite difficult today to use as an everyday method of payment. If you were to go to an exchange with your Bitcoin or your Ether, it would probably take you three to seven days to get that money paid out into a normal bank account. Thus is false. What Cryptarium will do is make that whole process seamless and give an opportunity for a consumer to actually use their cryptocurrency to pay for everyday items. So, I don't know what exchanges he's using, but it don't take no three to seven days. But, nevertheless, um, that's where we're at. Um, one thing I would like to point out is that it seems like every week now we get a new, you know what I mean, uh, executive at such and such company is leaving the company to get go into crypto. It's at least once yeah. a week. Do you think that um, so a lot of the news, the sentiment is that we're going to go into a, a a a long winter, like you know we we've been talking about, and uh, we're basically going to bounce and just keep going lower and lower, you know, new new lows with um, highs that are slightly lower than the previous highs, 
mm-hmm. for like the next few months or maybe even like a year or two before that next boom, if it even booms again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, I guess there's a lot of sentiment saying that wall street is going to come in at some point, but I wonder, I wonder if, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that they're coming in late and like the signs that, you know, Snoop Dogg, I don't know, just ridiculous actors, ridiculous um, pop icons um, are getting behind crypto. And now the traditional finance, um, the heads of traditional finance industries are, are switching over. Do you think that's like a signal that, I don't know, the tech is, is not maturing, but the evaluations that the bubble is kind of over? Um, maybe. Maybe yes. Like uh, maybe that was 99, you know? Maybe the, the past run-up was like the 99 of crypto. Uh, comparative to the internet bubble. See, I would say yes. But... I think it was kind of like just the beginning of the bounces. I think that we're going to experience four or five more of those before things are normalized. Mm. Normalized to a point where the volatility can be ignored. Excuse me. Like the volatility in the dollar could be ignored. Mm. And the volatility in some other currencies can be ignored. So... But it seems think, like everybody's trying to launch their own um, specific blockchain use rather than using, you know, Ethereum, using uh, one of the top ten. Yeah, that's because they're just a bunch of greedy bastards. Like, when I was uh, at, one of my, at my previous place of employment, he was like, oh, buying Bitcoin's not where the money's at. The money's making your own money. And I was like, you're just a greedy person. <laughs> because this isn't about making money. No, like Bitcoin is money. I don't know what, what do you mean making money. You're just a greedy person if you want to make your own money and kind of finesse it to where you see that it has, it's important or not. Oh, I think he wanted to be like Binance and have his own exchange token or something like that, right? Binance is just having fun. That's why they're winning. At the very end of the day, Binance looks like they're just having fun. Do you think Binance could be the next new uh, Mount Cox? Uh, I think all these centralized exchanges could stand to be the next Mount Cox. But the thing about Mount Cox is I don't think they set out to make a hardcore exchange like they became. I think they spaghetti, spaghetti uh, Rubes Goldberg themselves into an exchange that barely worked as an exchange. And then it was hella exposed when the volume hit it. And the bad guys wanted to be bad guys. Hmm. I don't know if we're going to see another Malcox on that order. Hmm. I mean, even Coinbase is the custodian of $9 billion in Bitcoin right now or in cryptocurrency right now. And I think the way that they're set up, they couldn't even get Malcoxed. Well, remember last year, <clears throat> in the fall of last year, when somebody crashed flash crashed ethereum on coinbase or on gdax rather mhm and then basically people like coinbase 
uh, reimburse people who um, margin called that and, you know, lost like everything. And people were liquidated hard when they were uh, longing Bitcoin or rather longing Ethereum. And then when uh, Ethereum flash crashed to $7, it got wiped out. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know. Even even if you're a big exchange, I mean, I, I think everything is vulnerable in this space. And you're gonna, your vulnerabilities are going to be found out. Kind of a miracle Bitcoin has, you know, has been as robust as it has been over the Bitcoin's years. Bitcoin's been attacked before. So a lot of people don't realize. Bitcoin's even had hard forks before in the past. There was the one guy who hacked Bitcoin and started printing Bitcoin like it was going out of style. And they had to fork off and, like, delete that fork. Or didn't delete it. It's still there. But there's like a Bitcoin chain out there that has like 150 Bitcoin, 150 million Bitcoin on it or something like that. They changed the the algorithm. So there was that attack. And then before that, there was a 51% attack on Bitcoin. And they had to fork off of that. But it's those growing pains which cause a, a coin to grow to where it is. And these tokens that, like, Cryptarium's going to come out with its own token. And you, it's just, I'm just thinking in my head, like, what? Why? But anyways, we digressed, like we always do. And we just promised but, but the it audience. Was, it was, <laughs> it was, a, more, it was a more productive one. Yeah, it was a productive digression. Uh, we will be talking about Lil Tay, but that's not till later. Um, I'm kidding, we won't. I didn't look up on her. Next article. <laughs> Bitcoin cash fork leaves users behind. Wait, this is not loading up as quickly as. Bitcoin users behind, but does it matter? Uh, the article was written by Alyssa Hertig, and it has 391 shares. And I'm not really sure. It doesn't show the viewers. Retweets. The viewers. Yeah, you're right. Retweets. Eight shares on Reddit. Ooh, this is not a popular one. But does it matter? Mm. They added smart contracts. It says Bitcoin Cash now has 32 megabyte blocks and smart contract functionality. The controversial hard fork of Bitcoin hard forked again. Oh, they put Bitcoin versus Bitcoin Cash. The controversial hard fork. Oh, no, it is. They are talking about Bitcoin, like core Bitcoin. Um, The controversial hard fork of Bitcoin hard forked again several days ago in an effort to add new functionality to the cryptocurrency protocol and further differentiate it from its predecessor. But in the process, executing at block 530,350, a portion of the Bitcoin Cash community was left behind. At the time of writing, between 16% and 17% of Bitcoin Cash nodes are running old software. And because of the way upgrading by hard fork works, um, in parentheses, whereby changes are not backwards compatible, um, those nodes are now running on a completely separate network. As such, if any user running one of those nodes were to make a transaction, the new larger Bitcoin Cash network would not recognize it. Um, 
So there they go on to say, critics of Bitcoin Cash argue it's a bad sign that so many nodes haven't upgraded since those users are now completely cut off from the rest of the network. I didn't even know about this. Did you know that this was happening? I did. Oh, okay. But I don't care too much about Bitcoin Cash. Hmm. I have it. I own it just because I'm not a dumb guy. But I just don't too much like that camp. Just because hmm. of my own personal reasons. They're so, like, vitriol. And they don't... Like, they're trying to subscribe to false leaders. And Roger Ver is good and all. He's a wholesome guy, but... Sometimes he speaks out of mouth. And then that Craig Wright douchebag, he got kicked out of a conference this week because he's a douchebag? I don't know. It was very funny. He was at a conference, I think it was in China, and he was like, either I go or he goes. I go or he goes. And everybody <laughs> was like, we want you to go, you fucking douchebag. Get out. Damn. That must suck. Yeah, and he's arguing with a Bitcoin gold guy, of all people. Like, You know, Bitcoin gold was... um. Was hacked for fifteen million. I don't know. I just saw that news article somewhere. So it's probably an exchange somewhere. Mm. But yeah, you sighed like you actually like gave a fuck about Bitcoin gold there for a second. No, it's just like it's like it's like. Um, I guess I was gonna say it's like school shootings, but that doesn't like like you see them so often, like hacks and like Verge was hacked. Um, and then it was hacked again or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Just everybody with little blockchains are getting screwed. I feel bad. Because yeah, that's the way it works, man. This is this is dog-eat-dog world. And when everybody and their mother is trying to tell you, like, don't make your own thing. Build on the things that exist because they're better. And your shit gets hacked, and it's buggy, and it sucks. It's like, come on, man. Like, This is the kind of stuff we're talking about. But at the same time, you don't get edge case advancement without people working on the edge. So it's kind of like a... But I think there's a difference between working on the edge and just making your whole new blockchain. Hmm. Like, if somebody were to come to me like, hey, I got an idea, we're going to build our own blockchain, I would be like, you could take your idea and shove it up your ass. <laughs> Tell me why you don't want to use the plethora of really great blockchains that exist already and have been running for years and are secure and are a little bit time-tested. Take your blockchain and shove it up your ass. That should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> Would you wear that t-shirt at a, at a picnic? <laughs> at a family that's picnic? Pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then just put the the like the S's in ass, like in fiat, like dollar signs. Yeah. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> Anyways. Uh next article. And so the last article from last weekend. States. Wow, my internet is really bugging today. Here, I'll, I'll read the title for you. Go for it. Uh, Fun Funstrats Lee admits poor prediction of Bitcoin rally. Still expects twenty five thousand dollar price. It's got a lot of views. Thirty two thousand eight hundred fifty two total views. 
and 379 totals shares. And it was written by Helen Parts. It goes on to say, co-founder and head of research at Fundstrat Global Advisors, Thomas Lee has admitted that his prediction of a Bitcoin rally after the consensus conference was wrong. Lee has claimed that the crypto market still, quote, faces significant internal resistance and hurdles within traditional financial institutions, end, uh, end quote. Bloomberg reports May 18th. Um, having accurately predicted the growth of crypto markets after the U.S. tax day in April, Tom Lee made another Bitcoin prediction on May 7th, saying that the cryptocurrency will rally during and after the consensus conference takes place in New York May 14th through, six, through the 16th. We expect BTC and other cryptocurrencies to behave similarly to prior years and rally during consensus. Fundstrat's co-founder stated back in the beginning of the month. Mm. So he's just trying to use past performance to get everybody to buy the future performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it says it even says it down here at the bottom. Based on the historical average 1.8 XP per BE multiple. What the hell is that? What is P per B price per P per BE? I haven't seen that before. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Interesting. So he's just making shit up. Hey, man. Make it till you make it. That's what Thomas Lee is doing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh... You know, the thing that fascinates me about Bitcoin is that yeah. no matter how it's very predictable, this this kind of hints at a conversation that Corey and I had with a, a guest recently. And like, no matter how predictable Bitcoin is, people are trying to make it the most unpredictable thing ever. When it's really taking some economic principles and boiling them down to really like, hey, Here's a here's a cap supply and here's a predictable circulation of that supply. It's going to start out at this many every 10 minutes, then it's going to cut down half every 4 years and boom until you know what the year 2140 when there will be very very effectively zero bitcoin entering circulation. I mean in theory it sounds good, right? Yeah, I mean, on paper, it looks like it sounds great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in reality, if you try to use it as a real-time payment method, it's garbage right now. I don't think it was supposed to get this popular this fast. (laughs) Satoshi planned for it to have a niche community of hipsters. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin is not really for everybody. It's just for the poor people. And there aren't many that really poor people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for poor people that are really privy to tech. <laughs> it's for poor nerds. No one else can use Bitcoin. If anyone else uses Bitcoin, it's a, it's a, it's a shit show. <laughs> you guys keep using your debit cards. <laughs> yeah, maybe he wanted Visa to stay around. Like, yeah. You guys handle everybody else. Yeah, you guys do your thing. We're just gonna keep leeching off of you guys' value until it's <laughs> enough for us to survive. The nerds, and, and then we don't have to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be we perfect. 
but the bad the bad part is not just the nerds latched onto it everybody latched on <laughs> yeah it's like oh shit we didn't see this coming Everybody was like, this is the lottery ticket, except it's better. It has some sort of insurance. <laughs> See, then Bitcoin Cash has an argument because it's like, hey, man, if everybody's going to be using this shit, we might as well make the block size really fucking big and just like have some people that we dedicate to mine this shit and we regulate the shit out of them. Like, I don't know. Well, what about Dash, right? Isn't that what Dash was supposed to be? Yeah, that's what Dash is, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, why would you use Bitcoin Cash? Just use Dash. Like, how fast are Dash transactions? Instant. See, there you go. But it'd get, it get, like, in, you'll see in, in, a, in a future article that will read um, Dash, Monero, and a few other coins, um, Zcash, got, got it themselves delisted from um, one major Japanese exchange. And I think um, those Japanese regulators are going to, force all the other exchanges in Japan to delist those currencies as well. Word. Yeah, so. It's crazy, man. Speaking of articles, let's go on to Monday. All right. I want to hear that article when it comes up. You take the wheel on this one. All right, here we go. So for Monday, the first article um, is titled Marvel. The Simpsons Go Crypto, written by no art author here. There's no author. Hmm? It just says, um, oh, no, here we go. Edward Kelso, there you go. And it's got 8,128 views and eight comments. Um, it goes on to say, crypto is set for yet another banner year, especially if mainstream portrayals of it are any indication. Marvel Comics' hunt for, uh, hunt for Wolverine, Adamantium Agenda Number 1, and The Simpsons' Tapped Out video game are both working in references to cryptocurrency in their respective storylines and quests in attempt to capture some of the excitement regarding money's future. Wait, what? Alec Baldwin's Lambo movie backed by Cryptotech? Well, that's, that's, just a, that's, just a, <laughs> like, that's just an ad. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But that's okay. <laughs> um, it, it says Baldwin's uh, Lambo. That's <laughs> crazy. We're, we're going. So there's a there's an image of the Simpsons in the background. Um, it says crypto something, maybe crypto barn or something. A place for codes, a secret code clearance, loads of codes. And it says way back in 1997, the Simpsons foreshadow. Um, mm. It says the Simpsons are crypto cool. Mobile games have been the rage for years now, and among the so-called freemium games, The Simpsons Tapped Out is a very popular choice within the genre. In the world of the game itself, Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 3, which came out in 2018, um, is what's known as the third minor event of this year, and is the 35th minor event in the game's history. It comes directly after the Springfield Jobs 2018 event, which ends in just a few days. Crypto Cool is a limited time quest line, and is it is the first quest in the series. Is this this is a mobile game? Never I heard think of it's this. A mobile game. That who would play that? Mm -hmm. You know the Simpsons writers are mathematicians, right? I did not know that. That's why that show's so damn good. We predict the future with our shit. Interesting. I, I would love to be like do enough math to be called a legitimate mathematician. 
but at the same time, I realize such a, that's such a life commitment that I'm way comfortable with just knowing math and not being called a mathematician. And I feel like being called a mathematician also implies that you have to have unkept facial hair. And I have kept, very kept facial hair. So, sorry, I don't, I'm just thinking out loud. I shouldn't have even said any of that. I have a lot of good friends that are mathematicians with unkept facial hair. <laughs> Shit. We should go to the next part. Um, All right. Anyways, The Simpsons is predicting a future in which cryptocurrency is prevalent. That's what you should get from that article, because I'm telling you what you should get from that article. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, look, look further down in the article, just one thing to note. The game seems to print cash, having earned much more than $100 million due to in-game purchases as players attempt to progress. Dude, that like that's that's a question I've been wanting to like ask somebody who's actually in the gaming industry, who works at companies like Valve. Like, you know, you see all those reference like Gaben, like Gaben references. Um, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know what you're talking about, but I know who Gaben is. He's yeah, okay. Guy. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's a um, president or CEO of Valve. Um, Gabe Newell. And so basically, like, I don't know if you've ever played any of the Valve games like Dota 2, or I guess any of the games that are on Steam, rather. Um, like, um, uh, Dota 2 is is Blizzard, I think, right? Or Activision. Um, mm-hmm. But Steam serves as the marketplace for all these video games, you know. Um, Dota 2, uh, CSGO, and there are millions of dollars in in-game video, I, like in in-game items that are worth, you know, individually like hundreds to thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. How have they gotten away with all that shit? What do you mean all that shit? Like they are they are literally printing money by by making up skins that don't even enhance your performance in the game and people buy them for thousands of dollars. They're making that money because there's people, there's not enough people like you on the planet who give a shit. Like everybody else is just like, oh, that's cute. My son wants a limited edition skin. I guess I'm just going to buy it for him. But they're like thousands of dollars, some of the really rare ones. Well, I mean, good for them. Like the average is, I think, like anywhere between two hundred to four hundred dollars is the average. So, and and they pump out these new items all the time. Yeah, man, and they're making can, that paper. Can, like where? Do? Like, does the government even know that Valve is like printing money with with these in-game skins? They're even better than crypto. How are they printing money though? They're making a product. They're making a digital product, and people are buying it. So they have a they have like this artist um, what do they call it the community not a community marketplace but like some sort of like creative corner for artists to come in and design their um, skins like um, for the guns and then uh, Valve will choose which ones actually get pulled into the game and give artists a commission um, or a percentage of of how many. Um, I guess I don't. I don't really know how they do it. Maybe like ten percent of however many 
um, guns that they generate and how much they actually sell for on the market or something like that. But So they're basically just making a bunch of new video game stuff and people are buying it. Right. But I mean, the market is way bigger than people realize. Like the market cap of all those skins, I like if you if you say like I would think it's in the I would think it's easily in the tens of millions if not hundreds of millions. Damn. Maybe even billions. I'm curious. I wonder if anybody's done a study. Because like there are websites that are all over the place, CSGO Marketplace, um, where you can buy and sell these knives or gun skins in CSGO or like Dota 2 mounts or TF2 hats. That was a big thing. Um, and and there's just so just much like money. Humanity in and of itself is just living in a constant state of effluence that it was never afforded before. If people are like spinning their heart, like I'm working my nine to five and then coming home and spending my hard earned money on a Desert Eagle skin. That's cam a camo Desert Eagle skin for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. That's fucking embarrassing. I'm so I mean it's not embarrassing. It's just like really? I, I don't anyways, I don't even know what to think. Shout out to Valve for figuring out the game before anyone else did though. Right. I have to say to that. All right. So I'll move on to the next piece of news um, for Monday. So the next piece of news comes from Cointelegraph, and it's titled "Just Resigned CEO of World's Largest Crypto Exchange." Okay. Oh, how do you say that? OKEX. I've never even heard of this exchange. OKEX. Okay. Ex. Okay. Ex. Okay. It's it's an okay exchange. Okay, exchange is what it sounds like it should be. I guess, but he joined their rival exchange, Huobi, which I've definitely heard of. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Because Charlie Lee was operating the biggest one, right? Not Charlie Lee. Not Charlie, his brother. Bobby Lee. Um, sorry. Bobby, Bobby Lee. Lee, that's right, yeah. Yeah, he was, offering, he was operating BTC China. That's the um, one, yeah. With a smile on his face, and no one has seen that guy in months. He's balling. He sold it for billions, like one point something billion, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like, when's the last time you heard from Bobby Lee? I haven't heard from him since China outlawed everything. Is he alive? I'm worried now. He's busy moving money. <laughs> He's going to be moving that money for the next decade. God. Hashtag where's Bobby Lee? Where the fuck so it goes. <laughs> He's with his brother, who just blew all his Litecoin for fiat. Those smart mofos. They're they're already out. They're out of the game. Yeah. Man. Okay, next article. Alright. So the next article for Monday. Um says Colorado's politicians could soon accept crypto contributions. And this was written by Nikolesh D or Day De. How do you say that one? Hold up. For whatever so the state reason, of my internet right. to load super low today. <laughs> super slow. So the article reads um, the state of Colorado could soon allow political committees 
to accept contributions in cryptocurrency. The Office of Colorado Secretary of State published a new working draft of its rules concerning campaign and political finance on Wednesday, which notably includes this new section on cryptocurrency donations. The document, which updates the Code of Colorado regulations, does not specify any particular cryptocurrencies in the new rule, but does allow for market volatility and includes certain restrictions. The proposed guideline states, quote, a committee may accept contributions in cryptocurrency up to the acceptable limit for a cash or coin contribution. The amount of the contribution is the value of the cryptocurrency at the time of the contribution. The committee must report any gain or loss after the contribution as either income or receipts. This is dope. It's not new news, but it's good because it's repetitive news. And that is more and more politicians are privy to allowing you to give them crypto, which means that the longer you hold and the game keeps going like it is, we'll be able to buy some politicians, baby. You ready for that? <laughs> Who are you, you going to buy? It's going like, to be like picking uh, players for like an eSports like website, fantasy football or fantasy whatever. Not me. <laughs> to me, it feels dirty. It feels like I'm going to be going to like an adult sex shop. That's what it feels like. I've never been to one. I've always wanted to go just to get that dirty feeling. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, this place is designed for the dirt. And you're in there shopping. You know, like, everybody's in there shopping, so you can just, like, walk proudly because it's like, you dirty motherfucker. I see you looking at that. I was just down that aisle. I know what's on that aisle. What if you're the only one, though? You walk in, and it's just, like, some old Indian dude flipping through, like, a titty magazine, and you're just the only one there. And he just, when he looks at you, your eyes catch each other's eyes, and you just hold that there <laughs> for a little bit longer, and it has to be held. Yeah. And then he guess, gives you a nod, like I understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's different if he's if he's got like a coffee mug and he's spending his days there, then that's a different level of dirty, and you don't want to lock eyes with that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? If he's got a fucking latte and a titty mag. And he's just going to town, and you're like, man, I came here for the feeling of being dirty. I don't want to live in it. <laughs> Seems like you wake up, and this is just your regular day for you. But if me buying a politician, it would be that feeling. Like, mm. it would be like, mm, this is dirty as shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel, I feel that the feeling would be closer to, like, once you like binge and you buy like a six pack and you get a pizza loaded with all these meaty oily toppings after you've dieted super hard for an entire week and you're like yeah and then right after you get a crispy cream and you get a whole dozen of donuts and then you get home and you just eat all that oily pizza with all the dripping cheese off of it mm-hmm. and just chug that be- yeah that's that feeling what if you took the Krispy Kreme donuts and cut them in half and then put them on the pizza? <laughs> I've never tried that, but that sounds amazing. Not in half like making two C's, but in half like making slimmers, slimmer O's. Uh-huh. I explain that very fluidly. I'm proud of myself. Check this out. What if you cut the donut and then you straightened it out so it was just like a long cylinder and then you wrap the pizza around the donut? We're getting we're on to something here. This is some this is some prime fair food. We can make this like, fair food. Like a Krispy Kreme taco pizza. 
Holy shit. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. You get two donut strands that you just mentioned. Yeah. Wrap a pizza around it. Deep fry that shit. Take it to the fair. <laughs> take it to the fair. It'll sell like hotcakes. You could even call them hotcakes. Nobody would care. <laughs> I would actually... You know what would be interesting? If we actually come up with like different food ideas that are like crypto-related. <laughs> and then we actually have like a YouTube channel where we make them exist. Bring them to life. <laughs> like, I wonder if people would be interested in watching us construct that pizza taco, Krispy Kreme. Mm. Krispy Kreme. We're pizza making fair food on just the headers this week, baby. <laughs> Hope you're listening. We're giving you ideas. If you happen to make food for fairs, you should you should be taking notes, baby. I don't know why I said that like a seventies black exploitation actor, but I did. <laughs> Take Did you notes, see Morgan baby. Freeman is being called out? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. He's too close to home. <laughs> he was one of the chosen like ones. He was, a, he was God, dude. Yeah. God is corruptible now. <laughs> Jeez, man. Morgan Freeman had the best God voice ever. And apparently God's been grabbing him God's by been- the pee. God's been touched by an angel or been touching other angels. <laughs> God's been grabbing him by the pussy. That's what he's been doing. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. No, fuck that. The leader of my country could say it. I could say it. Okay. Anyways, let's. I love how we start out with like Colorado <laughs> politicians could soon accept crypto and we go to adult superstores we go to making fair food recipes we're good at this <laughs> we're good at it okay on to tuesday hopefully my internet can keep track with my brain um this loading under it's good ohio could become the next u.s state to legally recognize blockchain data this is interesting play by the way ohio has an interesting flag it's like half American, half Cuban, half Panamanian, and it's one of those chevron kind of flags. It's not like a square rectangular flag. It's got a Japanese circle. It's got, let me see here, four. It's got like maybe 15 stars. There's some history going on in Ohio I feel like I should be reading about with a flag like this. This is powerful. Anyways, uh, 421 retweets, one Reddit post. Let's see here. Senate Bill 300 introduced by Senator Matt Dolan amends sections of the Uniform Electronic Transactions Act to include blockchain records and smart contracts as electronic records. That is a sexy thing to hear. Further, the bill allows for smart contracts to be legally enforceable as any other contract may... Oh my God, the writing is on the wall, Jesse. It's not a smart contract in like the form of a legal contract. I hope they don't make like legal rules for smart contracts why not it's just software it's just a function yes man but we live in a country that runs on science and technology and mathematics yet everyone no one wants to man up to the fact that that is the case and so maybe if you start making legally binding things in these functions as you say then people will own up to the fact they need to they need to smarten themselves up I don't know, man. I don't like that. Why? 
that that exposes like why you you writing dirt in your smart contracts, homie? Why you crypto? Scared? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. The, the bill allows for smart contracts to be legally enforceable as any other contract. Maybe like why do you need the law? Like it, it's you don't need the law, right? It the the law is the blockchain and the smart contract itself. Why why does the law need to run alongside this? Oh man, humans is. If stupid. I trade you my crypto kitty, you get my crypto kitty, and that's it. I don't need the law to step in. What if I you double them. spend that crypto kitty? Dude, no. Then that's that's your fault. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously, like I I don't like that. I'm okay with it, man. It gives normies comfortability and faith in this stuff. And that's what they really want, is comfort and faith. Mm. That's what I think. So nobody's thinking about the normies and all this. Until last year, at the end of last year, it was too late to think about the normies. And the normies were flooding into fuck token and Jesus coin. And we were like, what are you guys thinking? What are you doing? And then before we looked up, there was strippers and Lambos on Lambo boats in private jet parties. And we were like, oh my God, the normies have arrived. Those are the people who were in before the normies. Yeah, I feel bad for the normies, actually. They just get everything too late. I bet you there's a normie right now who's just figuring out what Netflix is about. Like, today. I looked up the market cap on Netflix. And I didn't realize it was 150-something billion. Why do you think they can pay comedians $3 million a pop to make a comedy special that's only average? That, that that's hurtful. That's a hurtful comment to comedians who are average. <laughs> no, like it's crazy. It's like they pay all these comedians to do these stand-ups, and then the stand-ups are average at best. They're not even their best stuff. Like Chappelle's stand-up was average, not even close to his best stuff. I didn't like any of Chappelle's specials on Netflix. Oh, okay. I'm glad you clarified that because <laughs> Killing Him Softly is probably the best stand-up that's ever been done before. But that's not on Netflix. Oh, there's a lot um, of stuff that's not on Netflix that I don't know. Yeah, the Netflix comedian Santa specials are just average at best. They're not even that good. But they're paying like millions of dollars to these people. So, anyways, yeah, I mean, uh, we went on a tangent there. So, the thing, so we're just agree to disagree. You don't think that the law needs to be enforced because the code actually enforces what the law doesn't need to do. I don't think I think I think it needs to be higher level. The law needs to come in at a higher level, not at the code level. That's all I'm getting at. Okay. I like that. Next article. You take this one. Okay. So the next article's saying US crypto could pose a problem for candidates seeking security clearances. That's that's a pretty big issue, because um, like I myself am looking to get a security clearance for projects that I might be working on in the future. So um, that that's going to be troubling. It says the recognition of Bitcoin as a form of sovereign oh so <laughs> foreign currency could potentially have an impact on decisions in recruiting new employees to the U.S. Department of Defense. Bloomberg reported May twenty second, the Pentagon's chief of concern. 
or chief concern, chief of concern. Um, <laughs> chief of is, concern. I want that job so bad. That that sounds like a British, uh, like a like the way that they word um, roles, secretary mm-hmm. roles in Britain. Chief of oh, concern. I want that job so bad. You to win, you just have to have like this look of utmost concern on your face. Yeah, all you the just time. have to always look like. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, you guys are talking about these tax breaks, but mm, that's pretty much your only job is to make that noise. Mm, I don't know, guys. That's no, that's the chief of skepticism's role. No, the chief of skepticism. <laughs> the chief of concern is to actually voice his opinion. Is that it? There's a difference between concern and, the, and skepticism. The chief, the chief of concern makes the. Oh no, things are going to hit the fan. And then yeah, the like, chief of skepticism is like, oh, I don't know if things are going to hit the fan. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Isn't that what politicians already do? Like, shit's going to hit the fan. I don't know, is it? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Anyways. <laughs> Is, All right, so, so okay, this is dumb. By the way, you know this article's no, dumb. No, this is good. This is no good one, article. no one ever is gonna re- keep you from getting a security clearance because you own Bitcoin. Do you think that? Well, so I have a friend who had, well, not had. He has a security clearance, and he's had Bitcoin, you know, since 2013. I wonder, like, under, I wonder if they're gonna make them fill out a form that says, um, "I solemnly swear." You know, I do or do not own cryptocurrencies, and this, and then based on that, you know, that questionnaire. I wonder if they could get their clearances revoked. If, if they, they say, did, yeah. it'd be fucked. That'd be lame. If it did, if if I were in a position and they revoked my security clearance, because one, they wouldn't tell you why they revoked it. But if they did, and they were like, "We revoked it because you own Bitcoin," then I would tell everyone under the sun. Because I'd be like, that's unfair, man. That's like persecuting me for, I want to own the things I want to own. Hmm. But I guess I don't know. They, they, they have that power, brand? right? Like if you own a bunch of stock in like a Chinese company, I'm pretty sure you can lose your security clearance. You know, that's one of the questions. Like, do you have any assets overseas when they when you um, fill out a yeah. form for security clearance? Yeah. You yeah. Could. I don't know. I'm, I'm, now I just talk myself right back into like, uh, I guess they could because Bitcoin is of no country, and if you own an absorbent amount of it, then that could also align with, I guess, your patriotism. I don't want to say not patriotism, but your. Well, yeah. I mean, you're betting on the American dollar collapsing or losing value to this thing. It's un-American to own Bitcoin. What if Trump says that? It's un-American to own Bitcoin. I wonder what would happen to the value of Bitcoin. Nothing, because there's not a lot of people that like Trump, even though the media would like us to believe that it is a lot of people that do. (laughs) It's not. like Not a lot of people voted, and like half of the people that voted, of the people that voted, voted for Trump. If that. I don't even think it was half. So Mm. there's a small group of people out there that like Trump a lot. Other people voted for Trump because they're vaginas. Sorry, not not in a derogatory way. 
Oh, you're gonna have to backpedal on that one yeah, a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna have to backpedal big time. <laughs> you saw my brain. You saw my eyes going like shit. How many people did I just offend? I offended pretty much. I offended everyone with a vagina, and right. I also. <laughs> what a misogynist! Yeah, this is where we cut out like the Bitcoin Podcast Network in no way uh, supports uh, <laughs> to, like a overly masculine <laughs> viewpoints and in any way likes to persecute women and is very pro paid maternity leave. <laughs> I think you're gonna need a little bit more more than that. I love my mother. She has a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're just taking it deeper. Oh, what are you doing? All right, I'm going to go on to the next article. Yeah, so fuck. Go to the next article. All right. So Wednesday, uh, articles on Coindesk call uh, entitled, um, Bitcoin Price Faces Bear Indicator Not Seen Since 2014. Um, it's written by... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Omkar Godbowl. That's one right? hell of a name. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, stop. Okay. okay, 322 retweets and four shares on Reddit. Um, he says in the article, following Bitcoin's recent losses, a key long-term trend indicator is looking increasingly bearish. Notably, the five-month moving average has rolled over in favor of the bears and looks set to cut the 10-month uh, moving average from above, a bearish crossover that hasn't been seen since June 2014. If that occurs, it could be a worrying signal for the long-term price outlook. Back then, following an identical crossover in June 2014, the cryptocurrency... Pro so basically, he's just like, looking at the chart, zooming out and seeing the same pattern. And he's... I mean, he could be right, he could be wrong. I don't know. But I'd rather not go over this. Even if honest, he is, not, I'd rather not go through this guy's bullshit. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, even, really. <laughs> let's just think about it. Like, if you if you take Bitcoin's like cycles out, we hit that one thousand, we bounced down to one hundred and eighty five. We came back over a thousand. Re, I think realistically, a Bitcoin price of like three to four thousand somewhere in there <laughs> is good to hover at for the next couple of years. In fact, if you even take that rhythm that i'm talking about mm -hmm. it's not going to be the next two years it's going to be like three or four years like if this is the crypto winner and everybody keeps believing like it's going to be a crypto winner it's not going to be two years it's going to be three to four years of sideways building and that people think the traditional market is going to go sideways for the next few years well it's been going up and up and up for the last damn eight years so yeah yep we're due for a correction um historically it's like every every seven to twelve years or something like that yeah man i mean things can't just go up they gotta go back the other way if they just uh -huh. went up then hell it'd be really easy to make a lot of money off the stock market wouldn't it um. Yeah. 
let's go to the next article. Like you said, that one's kind of like, I hate articles like that because it's like the price could go down more or it couldn't or it could go up. What do you think? <laughs> Follow me. It's like, you can use as many fancy yeah. words as you want. You're saying the same thing as the other guy who just said the thing. Yeah. It's like everybody's going to say, it goes down, and then everybody goes, okay. And then they, they expect it to go down, it goes down. He goes, I'm right. And then everybody you know, jumps on board the bandwagon. And then when he says, it's going to go up this time, and then it goes down, and everybody goes, oh, fuck you, you lost me money. And then they get on to the next guy. Yep. And then whoever... Yeah, it's just, it's just you want to know why people listen to us because we make sweeping predictions about the nature of the industry that end up being true. That's where we hit the nail on the head. We don't we don't look at prices. No, I'm talking about like we no we don't really. Do we talk about price that much? I mean, we haven't talked about price on here. We didn't. Thomas Lee with Funstrat said 36,000 by the end of this year. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, I guess we do talk about it that way. At a certain point, though, he is going to uh, have to go the other way. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, if he's still wrong in a year, Bitcoin hasn't set a new high and it's just kind of fluctuating between. I don't know, say four to eight thousand, then he's gonna be like, Oh, Bitcoin's now he's gonna be a bear. Ah, uh, it's gonna go lower, it's gonna go to zero. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's either you know, you're the only way to win is or pessimistic. The only way to win is an odds game to release a price prediction every five minutes. <laughs> and that way you're increasing your odds of winning that momentum play. And then all you have to do is peg when you're right and publicize that, and you're good to go. Just win the odds game. Okay, new article. In <laughs> India. Should he trading advice? That's the segue. There we go. Okay, new article. India considers taxing cryptocurrency at 18% as intangible property. Okay, I mean, that article says it all, but let's get some quote. Transactions beyond the Indian territory will be liable for integrated GST and will be considered as import or export of goods. Wow, they really do not know how to handle this shit, do they? Uh, IGST will be levied on cross-border supplies. So, although cryptocurrency belongs to no country, they're deeming it an import or an export. Uh, because they don't know what to fucking do with it, and they're going to charge you 18% tax. However, they can try to enforce it. This is getting golden. I love how lazy governments are. It's so beautiful how lazy governments are, because it's like a... It's a... It's a your government is a reflection of you, and since our government and governments around the world are so blissfully lazy... It's like, not blissfully, astronomically lazy. It's like, what am I? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, so they're, they're having such a hard time categorizing crypto that they're just going to call it an import or an export? Yeah. 
Well, at least they move faster than the U.S. government, right? We're still like, is it a security? Is it a currency? Is it a... <laughs> right? At least think, the Indian government just goes, we want to just tax it right now. We're going to we're gonna say it's a product. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I think that the U.S. is not... I think the U.S. has made a long-standing history on on controlling certainty. And maybe that's why we are good at what we do. Why we're the financial capital of the world. Like, we sell the world certainty and uncertainty. Wait, we, we are... Wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to what you just said. We are the financial capital of the world. Yeah, man, like true? New York. New York. That's where it goes down. I think foreign exchange, UK has its beat on that. Like actual currency exchange, uh -huh. that's a UK thing. Mm, so you're saying, but people we, invest in our shit because they invest in our derivatives. You're talking about securities, the US leads securities. Mm. Are you saying securities and derivatives, or I'm saying securities and derivatives? I don't know. Well, like, what are you saying that the US? leads the world as far as being a financial capital. Isn't that what they call New York, the financial capital of the world? I don't, people call the equivalent of that in India the financial capital of the world, but it's in India. Yeah, but let's be serious. It's in India. Right. That's what I'm getting at. So, like, the U.S., like, people, people are kind of closed-minded and thinking that um, New York controls a lot of the assets in the world. Where I'm going to Google financial capital of the world. Yeah, let's. I'm just curious for my own knowledge. Watch it not be in the U.S. and I have to go eat my own foot. Yeah, so sorry, New York. London is the world's capital city. It literally. Oh yeah, that's what I got too. Sorry, New York. London is the world's capital city. One of the world's financial capitals in terms of stock exchanges. Calling London the world's financial capital looks ludicrous. The London Stock Exchange isn't even the second largest stock exchange in the world after the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, London. Yeah, it, it looks like it's... Here, let's look. We so... something here today. And you know what? I'm going to show some humility. Wow, Shanghai is like number six and Tokyo is number five. Hong Kong is number three. So it's so the top three are London, New York, and Hong Kong, and then fourth and fifth are Singapore, Tokyo. Wow. Then Shanghai, then Toronto, Sydney. That's probably like why in a lot of movies you just see like London, New York, and in lyrics to songs in Hong Kong, I get mostly you see New York and London, like New York to London, and then maybe they'll rap about California. Or sing about California. But mostly it's yeah, New York and London. There we go. London's the financial capital of the world. Then New York. But since I'm American, the only country that matters to me is America. <laughs> that would mean that New York is the financial capital. <laughs> um How many oh. assets, I wonder. That that's another question. How many assets are under management? I want to go bring up the next article while you're looking. Yeah, go for it. Oh, that's a lot of money. 
Wow. I'm just trying to find out what this number, who who this number is associated with, because this is a big number. Mm. Can I guess the number? Go ahead. Yeah. 75 million. Okay. That M needs to not be an M. 75 trillion. Uh, up. Quadrillion? No, not that much. So it says seven hundred fifty uh, trillion. No, that's 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 a lot. Um, so it says the global financial stock, the total amount of capital intermediated through the world's banks and capital markets and made available by them to households, businesses, and governments, is now more than um, one hundred eighteen trillion. But this article was written um, before twenty ten. Oh, so this wow. article is written in two thousand five, and so it's you can expectation add maybe that two hundred. Well, it's saying it's saying um, in 2010, it's expected that the um, the amount of capital is 200 trillion, and it's 2018. So, like, I'm I'm predicting like 300, 400 trillion here. Global financial assets. Jesus, man. Yeah, yeah we're we're building those. Uh, we're building those um, derivatives markets and uh, all that non. Um, um, what do they call it? I f- forget what it is. The um, the asset level that money, you know, like oh yeah, M M zero M one supply. We're talking like yeah, most of the world runs on like M was it M three M four? That's mm-hmm. like the derivatives and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, man, we're just we're making money out of nowhere. Maybe that. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is that those are actual assets. So if the asset market, digital assets, were to get to that point, they couldn't get to that point within a century. It would take over a century to get to that point. Yeah, we're gonna be dead, dude, before Bitcoin pays out, if it even does. <laughs> nice. Just pass on your Bitcoin to your grandkids. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be alive to see it. All right. Next article. China prosecutes 98 over alleged $2 billion one-coin pyramid scheme. My, my initial response to this is, fuck yes. Because I'm tired of scammers taking people's money and prosecute and put them in a Chinese prison, too. One of them crazy prisons where you don't just get raped. You get raped real hard. Like, throw them in that. I shouldn't joke about that. I shouldn't. I've already been warned about joking about that on the air. <laughs> now, yeah, you should probably backpedal that one as well. <sighs> it's a lot of backpedaling in this that episode. You like, you like a vagina again or something. <laughs> That's a lot of backpedaling in this episode. <laughs> throw those scammers in jail. So let's read about it. Prosecutors in China have changed four suspects said to be involved with operating an alleged $2 billion cryptocurrency pyramid scheme. According to news release issued by a Supreme People's... Oh, sorry. This is Wolfie Zhao. Wolfie Zhao's article. 301 retweets. Uh, Prosecutors said that the scheme involved up to 2 million victims, while the amount of capital received from investors totals as much as 15 billion yuan, or around 2 billion USD, 
nearly 1.7 billion yuan has been recovered, the report says. So they did get 266 milli. So. One coin was a thing. One coin was basically the original Bitcoin, BitConnect. BitConnect. Is that who it was? One coin? Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? When I say original, I don't mean like um, BitConnect was in any way related to OneCoin. Oh, I mean, OneCoin was a pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. So they got called out so hard. I remember back when Reddit was useful, there was a guy trying to scam OneCoin. And like, I just remember that's that was one of the things I loved about this community back then is that they would sniff out a scam like it was their job and this guy just got reamed and then one one coin disappears for a long time and they come back and they're like one coin has raised blah 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 billions i'm like what how is this possible they didn't go they didn't mark it on reddit that's how it's possible hmm. uh we're on a thursday last day The headlines are almost over. The headlines for this week are almost over. So the article for Thursday says, SEC chairman applauds Operation Crypto Sweep. The chairman of the United oh States God. Securities and Exchange Commission, Jay Clayton, has issued a statement, quote, applauding the efforts of security or of authorities associated with with the North American Securities Administrators Association, NASA with an extra A, in executing the current, quote, enforcement sweep targeting fraudulent ICOs and crypto asset investment products. So, oh, that guy. Yeah, I saw him on C-SPAN. Mm -hmm. Talking that shit. Yeah. I mean, actually, I mean, he, I don't know, man. Politicians are good. He he had me sold. Like I was on his side during the C-SPAN interview when he was That's trying to say, do. yeah. They suck you in, and then they suck the blood out of you like a fucking mosquito or, or, a, or, a, or a vampire in a nice suit. And next thing you know, you either turn into a vampire or you have a West Nile virus. Mm. That didn't make any sense. None of that made any sense whatsoever. And I'm dogging the guy, but he's probably worked hard to get to where he's at. Yeah, the SEC is cracking down, guys, in case you didn't know. So if you're running a scammy ICO, what this means is, like, basically that the weird three-month time span in 2017 when it was like, man, I've had these ideas on this napkin that I wrote on my at that bar drunkenly forever. I'm going to put them on a PowerPoint slide and raise tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, that time is gone. Now, so here's what you need to do. You need to find developers or become one yourself. You need to develop a product, develop an idea. And then you go and then you go get investment. You know, I'm not saying you have to get private investors. You could probably do an ICO. But if you do do an ICO, do know that the SEC is duly noting your efforts. They're going to come at you. Yeah. That was a lot of do. 
A lot of doo doo. And this show today is brought to you by Mountain Dew. <laughs> um, all of the dew. Do the dew. But do not do. Yeah. ICO doo doo. Yeah, do not do ICO doo doo. But do do the dew. We're ridiculous. Uh, so NASA describes ICO fraud. And this is NASA with an extra A, like you said, but it's pretty cool that you could still say NASA. Or maybe you say NASA. Like, I figure, like, the if you're in the government, no, you don't say NASA, you say NASA. NASA describes ICO fraud as threat to Main Street investors. So the SEC chairman sought to take a firm stance regarding the issuance of unlicensed securities through an ICO, stating that when investors are offered as sold securities, whether through traditional channels or through an ICO on a sales-oriented website, state and federal security laws apply. These laws have applied to our securities markets for over 80 years. At their core, these laws require full and fair disclosures of material information about both the securities and the venture being funded. Unfortunately, some market participants seem to believe that the use of new technology provides a basis for ignoring the core principles of our securities laws. And that shit don't fly around here. Well, it doesn't really matter. It's not like it's not like the SEC has really protected investors against huge collapses in the market. So, like, it's just like 80 years, right? That's not even that long. And, and it's bullshit. I guess it prevents people from making really bad investments, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but that's the all thing right, is man. that they prevent people from investing in shit. They just make it harder, but people are still going to invest in dumb shit. Like I wanted to invest in the Facebook IPO, but then when I like I got on my got my happy ass on E Trade and it was like, here I go. I'm Facebook, I love Facebook. I'm gonna buy some shares of it. It was like, Oh, are you a poor college student? Because we see that you're a poor college student. Yeah, you can't you can't invest in this. And I said to myself, Why not? Like this is my money. I wanna put my money into Facebook and they were like, because mm, it could be too risky for you. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck? Suck my D. I had to backpedal on that one. I'm gonna backpedal on that one. That was too great. I'm about to. Uh, I'm about to invest um, a, a decent sum of money in this um, in this company that I scoped out. Yeah. I'm. I'm hoping it's. Are it's you, interesting. Are you an accredited investor? I am not an accredited investor. Well, good luck with your shit. I know. Thanks. Next article. German stock exchange. Oh, you're reading it? Okay. No, no, you go you read it. German stock exchange wants to launch Bitcoin products. Oh, this that shit that makes me feel good. This article is written by uh oh. Suja Sundararajan. Mm, I'm so sorry, Suja. I don't think I said your name right. Suja Sindarabhajan. Don't do that, dude. You're ostracizing us from everybody. No, Sundarabhajan. <laughs> That's a Sunja Sundarabhajan is her name. And trust me. Is that a girl? Oh, yeah, it is a girl. It is a girl. See, you're ostracizing people with comments. Nah, like, dude, that I, even that, that profile image is so goddamn small. Okay. I don't want to hear anything. It could have been a guy with long hair. Suja Sundarajan. And I'm not yeah. ostracizing 
even though if you listen to the very first episodes of the Bitcoin podcast, we did a fair amount of uh, ostracization, ostracizing. You're getting so, too verbal. Yeah. So here's a quote. Before we move forward with anything like Bitcoin, we want to make sure we understand the underlying transaction, which isn't the easiest thing to do. <sighs> why is it the hardest thing to do? What, why do people just make that difficult? What makes a Bitcoin transaction so difficult? I really don't know. You know, people are still wondering how to buy a Bitcoin. I, this shit is baffling me. Like at this point, like it almost feels like it's on purpose. I feel like I'm living in Twilight Zone. We've been living with this stuff for a decade. Like that would be like if you walked up to someone and you said, "Hey, are you gonna get an iPhone? Do you want a no, no, no? Sorry, not iPhone. Hey, do you have a cell phone?" And they were like, "A what phone? What is a cell? What is?" And you just look at them like they're fucking insane because it's like something that's been in the news as much as Bitcoin and you're just completely oblivious is just, it blows my mind. Just blows my fucking mind. Mm -hmm. Can we read the last article? Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. So the last article comes from Cointelegraph written by Molly Jane Zuckerman. Um, the article reads, Bloomberg, U.S. Department of Justice opens criminal investigation into BTC, ETH, price manipulation. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. 14,457 total views and 253 total shares. The article states, a criminal probe into Bitcoin price manipulation by crypto traders has been opened by the U.S. Department of Justice. Bloomberg reports today, May 24th. Dun, 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 <laughs> Bloomberg cites four unnamed sources close to the matter as reporting that the criminal investigation run by U.S. federal prosecutors and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission will look into how traders could have engineered prices by illegal activities like spoofing and wash trading. Spoofing, the act of creating a large amount of orders and then canceling them has come up before in the crypto new, uh, crypto markets. When an unknown trader or group of traders known as, quote, spoofy, reportedly placed a large, or replaced a number of $1 million orders without following through. Wash trading, which spoofy also practiced, is when a trader buys their own orders that's creating the illusion of market demand to attract more buyers. Do you wonder if like Coinbase like wash traded? Because everybody was saying that if Coinbase wash trades, if like all these exchanges are wash trading to create volatility, you know, last year. Mm. I mean, it's very possible. Anything is possible. The craziest thing, the craziest two nights in the market I remember last year were the first night was when Bitcoin Cash looked like it was going to take over Bitcoin. Um, oh, I remember like that. October. I was sitting there watching it and I was like, I think you and I were talking during it. 
uh, like we, I think we were talking on Slack, or maybe it was ML. It wasn't you. Mm. Yeah, it was ML. We were talking on Slack, and we were watching the prices, and we were like, "Wow, this is crazy! Nine thousand dollar Bitcoin cash. This is insanity. It's gonna happen." Yeah, it froze. It froze on Coinbase like that. Yeah, bananas in pajamas. But I mean, there's a lot of that's what happens in a deregulated market per se, or a truly free market means that you are truly free. So people are gonna do shit like that. I mean, freedom and it's if freedom is as pure as freedom is, then that entails that rules are limited, right? The more freedom, the less rules. Yeah. You can say that. So I mean the the rules that govern the blockchain should they're not they're not necessarily enough, right? We do need some sort of outside regulation on top. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know, it's not it's not been that bad, right? I just want to point out that the group that is spoofing is called Spoofy. I think that is hilarious, and that has crypto written all over it. I love uh, the group that's wash rating should just call themselves Washi. Oh, yeah, this is beautiful. Spoofy and Washi. Yeah, that's a, such an internet thing to do. Like everything, I think the beauty, the most beautiful internet moment in the past five years was when London asked their people what they wanted the new name of their military boat to be. And they all unanimously voted for Bodie McBoatface. That was, was manipulated. Like, that was a manipulated vote. It was? Yeah. Oh, no. I need that to be real. Oh. <laughs> Why did you tell me that? I wanted that yeah. to be real. Okay, it's real then. Fuck, no. Now, don't just give me that. <laughs> don't just give me a false reality. What is this? Catholicism? No, I'm kidding. That was mean. Oh, my God. Oh, damn it. I got to backpedal again. <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> oh my no. God. Wait, are you? you know, oh, no. You are sponsors. Catholic, probably. No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to lose our sponsors we don't have? Yeah, we're going to lose our sponsors we don't have. We're going to lose our Mountain Dew sponsor. All right, guys. We're done. That's all the headlines for an entire week. Um, there's plenty more. You can get the rest on the headlines. Uh, I can't call it a database anymore because Dr. Petty corrected me. And he's like, you can't just call a spreadsheet a database. And I was like, why not? And he's like, because it's not a database. A database is a series of tables. And I was like, our tables just like columns with titles. And then datums go in the columns. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, so why can't I call a Google spreadsheet a database? <laughs> and he's like, because you can't do that. And I was like, he's mad. <laughs> I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree, Corey. He just has higher standards for what a database is. Yeah, he has high standards for what a database I'm just like, look, man, just call it. It's got columns and titles and headers. Database, boom. You gotta get all fancy with your shit. But I guess some people do. 
So, anyways, what do you got? What do you got? Mm. What are you gonna leave the people with? I don't Give know. them some bidet thoughts. Some bidet thoughts. Well, I do have a bidet. I was hearing um, some coworkers talking about how one of them has a. Uh, they call it a squatty potty. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Do you know what that is? Uh, I imagine it is when you take a squat to take a dump. So a squatty potty is the plastic step stool that you put um, uh, that you put your feet on top of, so that you are in the same position that people in China are in when they um, squat to take a poop in the um, urinals built into the ground. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it like opens up the the chute a little better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like you just put it underneath your feet and it lets you have the perfect poop all the time. It's a good investment, man. All you have to do is just get a stack of books or something. Just You know, I'm gonna to give go. that a shot. Thank you for that bidet thought. We wrap this up is that hey guys, <laughs> think about your movements and maybe put some books down. So you get a more natural shoot for your poop. Okay, that's that's it. We're done with this episode. That's I can't believe we just capped an episode like that after alienating ourselves from so many groups of people. This has been probably, episode. probably the the worst podcast as far as ostracizing us since episode one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping we can do better tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, the next we'll try. And, if if the next episode we're apologizing at the top of the episode, it's because we got a lot of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Have fun.